Swadika. A big hello from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Today's show is all about creating your ideal lifestyle. Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. So today, as we currently record this, I am looking out my window and I am currently in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And my wife and I are on our third month from a four-month excursion slash honeymoon. And we're currently in Thailand traveling all throughout Southeast Asia, and I thought it would be really relevant since it's a current topic in my life today about how do we craft and curate our ideal lifestyle. Yeah, I love that, Scott. You know, a lot of people may be listening thinking, four-month honeymoon? <laughs> you know, um, is, is that possible? How do they make that happen? I don't have, I can't, I couldn't do that in my situation. I wouldn't want to do that in my situation. Or, man, that sounds epic. How did you do it? So curious, you know, maybe talk a little bit more, you know, for, for you guys. How did you get to doing three months into a, a four-month honeymoon? How did you guys get there? And is it something that you guys just did on a whim? Is it something that you had been planning for a while? Maybe tell us, you know, tell a little bit more about how you made this happen or how you guys got here. Yeah, so a little bit about our background story. We have been here for about three months. This is something that Michelle and I had been looking at doing for quite a while. It's something that we had discussed about doing and something that we realized had been a passion of both of ours and we had been wanting to take this trip and really do it as kind of a honeymoon and do it as something that was an expression of our love but as we're you know kind of into this trip we're realizing that this is something that we're looking to bring more into our experience this isn't something obviously that we're not going to be looking at doing every single year but as we're traveling we're realizing just how in alignment it is with our hearts right now and how alignment it is with our soul and just how just good and and refreshing that it feels to be able to like i say we're in Chiang Mai right now and yesterday we were walking around the markets and you know getting coffee at this cute little shop that's right next to this 700 year old temple and experiencing the sights and the sounds and the smell of the culture you know riding tuk-tuks around and integrating with the the beautiful people of Thailand and just recognizing how much that's just really fulfilling our hearts and how much kind of perspective it's giving us to how we want to live our lifestyle. And when I say that we are kind of doing this as our honeymoon, we got married two years ago. So it's not like we got married, you know, just a few months ago, we got married actually over two months ago. Uh, I'm sorry, two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. And this is something that 
we didn't do on a whim, but we had been thinking about it for quite a while. So it took us a little bit to really set up our life in a way that allowed us to take off for four months. And part of our intentionality was, okay, what exactly are we looking to do? What is fulfilling for us? And four months takes a little bit of planning. And part of this process is being able to integrate the work-life balance. And so we're still working a little bit while we're here. We're still keeping the energy up on our projects and still bringing in monetary income, but setting up in a way that we're still very present to what this experience is like. And so we're more than happy to kind of dive into some of the steps that I did to get here. And then what we're also going to be wanting to talk about today is getting clarity on what that ideal lifestyle is for you. And the obviously the reason why we're bringing up travel is because A, it's very relevant to what's going on with me. I'm <laughs> you know, looking at the beautiful mountains from our villa right now in Chiang Mai and you know, we can see some of the street vendors and, and whatnot outside. So I'm in the thick of it right now. But it's also kind of a common theme that we get with our clients and our friends at large about some of the things that they're looking to incorporate into their lifestyle that's that's really fulfilling for them. That's something that they're really passionate about. But travel is just one item. It just happens to be a pretty big common thread item for a lot of people. But for you listening, that may be something different. And so getting clarity on at the end of your life and you look back and you feel, wow, that was really fulfilling. I'm glad that this was incorporated into my life and into my lifestyle. What is that for you? Is going to the community college and learning a new trait every few months? Or is it taking little excursions with your significant other? Is it going fishing? Is it, you know, whatever it happens to be, getting clarity on what that is. And also, if you're in a long-term relationship, seeing if that matches up with your significant other as well and finding out where do those items cross You know, where do they align and where do they not align? And then how do you, you know, how do you deal with that, right? Sometimes it's so dramatic that to really live the ideal lifestyle that you're looking to do, maybe it's not compatible or maybe it's compatible, but you guys do it in a completely different manner. So we're going to tackle some of those questions and um, get into some some Q&A on on how I'm living my life and and how Josh is living with his life and also some of the struggles that also come about in the questions and and anxiety that comes about crafting your ideal lifestyle. Yeah, you know, it's you brought up a really interesting topic. I was talking to a friend um, and client uh, yesterday and we were talking about retirement And it's so interesting. So many people spend their lives making this money, stacking it away to one day retire. And then they go to try to spend the money um, and enjoy the lifestyle. But their bodies have changed. Sometimes they're not they don't have the same energy levels as they used to. And the things that they would have wanted to do when they were younger um, aren't quite the same when they're older. And so we were talking about if you were retiring now, what would you go do? 
And, you know, like if you, you know, if you're building a plan for retirement and you were saving this money and you could say, okay, by the time I die, I liked how you said that, Scott, what are my bucket list items? How do I want to look back on my life? You know, the rocking chair test. If I'm sitting in my rocking chair talking to my, my grandkids or my great, great grandkids or, or my kids or just some friends, how do I want to be remembering my life? What do I want to have experienced? Um, what are those bucket list items is the envisioning part. And then instead of saying, I'll do them someday, I think grounding it into now saying, okay, on all these bucket list items, you know, if, if you're just financially abundant, you could just start paying them off. But if you're not, you know, how do you start to integrate your life a little bit so you can start to say, man, if I did one of these a year or if I did one of these a month or I did one of these a quarter, um, what would be a real game changer? And I know for me personally, there was a point when I worked so much. I was in corporate land and I worked a lot and I was kind of like, you know, you get your two weeks off a year. And those two weeks, I had to be really careful what I use those two weeks for. And I even know a lot of people who don't even use their two weeks. Um, and for some people, that may be fulfilling. Maybe they find fulfillment with really simple things and going, taking a walk and, you know, maybe camping on the weekends. Or I have some friends that are really big into fitness and they just love their fitness. And so I think as we dive into this, it's asking those questions. What does, what brings you fulfillment? What feel, and how do you know what that means? Like to me, when I feel fulfillment, I feel expansive. I feel open. I feel like, yes, I have moments of taking my breath away, of joy, of utter, of kind of like anticipation of what's next, of adventure, of exploratory. Those are the moments that juice me and allow, allow me to feel really fulfilled and content. And so I remember being in a place of corporate land where I was like, you know what? This two weeks off isn't, isn't fitting it. And I also realized I'd like to, I have a, a number of bucket list items. I really feel like I need a month to month and a half. Um, to start creating what I want. And uh, I think for me personally, a big part of me moving into entrepreneurship was more about the lifestyle and creating my ideal lifestyle. And what I recognize with entrepreneurs is they work harder than most people I've seen, at least the entrepreneurs that I was observing and putting myself around. Um, they were all making a million dollars a year. And the thing I noticed in common is they all worked like there wasn't the nine to five weekends off. It was kind of like always working and the weekends blended in with the week. But then what I also observed is when they wanted to go somewhere, they just went and they would take off for five days or three, you know, five days, seven days, two weeks, or in your case, Scott, four months. And I, I realized, wow, okay, part of creating my ideal lifestyle is changing, um, recreating my life and setting my, my life up in a way where I can generate income, add value, uh, do what I love, but still have that free time to go explore. So if somebody's listening right now, what was your process to first figuring out you know, setting yourself up uh, in a way where you can travel and still make money in case they're questioning that. Like, how do you even, how do you even get in that? How do you even position yourself? Because you used to be in corporate too. I did. And it's interesting what you mentioned earlier about the two weeks. This process is all about getting clarity on what is actually fulfilling to you right now. And that may change and you can only speculate on what that's going to look like down the line because what's fulfilling to you in your 20s is definitely going to be different than what's fulfilling to you in your 50s and 60s. But I did come from corporate and when I got into corporate, I had a few different marketing jobs. That's my degree is in uh, business sales and marketing and migrated through a few different companies, ended up at this small firm doing tech sales. And at the time, it was cutthroat, boiler room, and two weeks off a year. After two years, I got my, my third week off. And 
you would think, wow, you're only getting two weeks off a year. You know, we're traveling right now all through Southeast Asia. We're meeting people from all over the world, from New Zealand and Australia and, you know, Spain. And most of the people that, especially from Europe, they're traveling for three weeks. They're traveling for four weeks. They get, you know, seven weeks off a year. And they're always surprised about the number of weeks that we get off. But at the time, I was in my 20s and I was getting into sales and I loved what I did. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I loved connecting with my customers. I loved the people that I was working with. And so what was fulfilling for me then wasn't necessarily lots of time off to travel, even though I did like to travel and I did and I did still take little trips here and there. But what was fulfilling to me was building my business, building myself in the corporate ladder and that was really fulfilling. I loved it. I was trying to recruit all of my friends to get jobs. I've got a few of my friends to come work with me, and I loved it. I was building skills and you know getting more confident as I was going out and flying and making sales calls and making stuff happen. It felt really good. You know, I was making really good money at the time, and so that was really fulfilling to me. And as I was there. I was probably there maybe eight years and things started to shift. And if you've ever gone to my website, my whole kind of background story about how I kind of shifted from corporate is on there. But to give you the the bite-sized version, I was looking at kind of branching off and doing my own thing. But at that time, I was getting a little bit burnt out. You know, I'd been there for eight years and I was doing really well, but the vibe of the corporate landscape had shifted a little bit, but what had shifted more was me. And the quality of conversations in the office at the water cooler, I just didn't care anymore. I was reading all these new books and and exposing myself to these new things, and I was very excited about being in an environment that was supportive of that, and I was not getting that at work. And so... I was looking to kind of branch off and do my own thing. And one of the criteria was I wanted to make sure that I had enough time to travel a little bit more. I also wanted to make sure I had enough time to be able to take courses and to go to these different places that were very inspiring to me and that were really fulfilling to me. What I needed wasn't necessarily money, but I needed time. And so I made sure that whatever my next endeavor was, that it was set up in a way that I could be compensated monetarily virtually, that I didn't have to be tied to a physical location. And so what that did is that really opened up the opportunity for me to make money everywhere, anywhere. And so I've had the privilege of living in, I, God, I lived in South Africa for four months or three and a half months and volunteered for a while and I wanted to learn Spanish. (laughs) So I was in Costa Rica for three and a half months and all while still being able to work and bring in money. And so as beautiful and idealistic as that lifestyle sounds, and I'm so honored to be able to live it before I could take any of those long term, you know, three, four, five month excursions. I had to build. And as you mentioned earlier about being an entrepreneur, is that kind of vision of creating that lifestyle, I had to keep reminding myself of it because when I started my business, 
I was lucky if I took off one day a week. I was working 80 hours a week, 60 hours a week. I mean, putting in a ton of time, a ton of my own capital to build this vision. And so I had to sacrifice quite a bit. And, you know, I hired a coach to help me stay on track to make sure that I was always keeping that higher vision kind of in my long-term view but while still making sure I had accountability of creating the kind of immediate steps of getting myself there. And I, I, love, I love where you're going with it because my experience has been the same whenever I've made a, a big jump even more recently. Um, I find the coach is really helpful even if you're highly motivated and you've already jumped. I find it's the accountability. It's somebody to just to process with almost yeah. like – here's all this stuff going on. Like, what do I work on now? Yeah. And even if you know, you can break it into chunks. You can talk through things with somebody. It's, you don't feel like you're taking their time. It's like, you know, that they're showing up just to help you keep, be accountable to the vision you've created. Um, and so I think that's a really important aspect of it. And, um, that, that was really, I think one of the biggest game changers for me more recently as well. So I love that. I didn't know you did that with your process as well. It's really interesting. What um, and then after you set up your business, I know you've set up a business. And did you, did it take you a year? Did it take you two years? How long did it take you to set up your business? Where you working sixty eight hour hour weeks? Where then you were in a place to start taking trips? It was about about two years. I was able to start to see the fruits of it. So it wasn't like I went from two years and all of a sudden I had four months. It was two years, and through that process, especially with having a good environment of support, right? Not just my coach, but also having, you know, good friends to bounce us off with such as yourself and, and other people that I know that, um, have been successful entrepreneurs through that process. And even with those first couple years, I was able to take longer weekend trips and then still be able to respond about business. So the way that I was kind of like crafting my work-life balance was, kind of a work in progress and being molded, if you will, as I was starting to move forward. But it all stemmed from that place of how do I want to set up my lifestyle? I wanted to make sure that if there was something going on in my life that for the most part, I had a, an opportunity to be able to attend to it. So to give you an example, if all of a sudden my parents came into town and you know my dad was visiting a friend and he's like, hey, I've got a few days open and I'm going to come see you, that I could set my life up in a way that even if I still had to work and be responsive, that if he's like, hey, let's go skiing, I'm going to be in town, that I could still do that even if I had to take a little bit of time off to to work. So I wanted to make sure that I was always kind of crafting that lifestyle that I wanted. And for me, that was having freedom to take a Friday off if I wanted to, to take a Wednesday off if I had to, to not feel weird or guilty if I had to do something else that was outside of the regular nine to five. For me, that process really kind of evolved over the last few years where I was really learning how to work remotely. Now, once I became really masterful at that, and I became really, really good at it, you know, <laughs> you know, I've closed very, very, I mean, very large deals on the beach in Costa Rica into doing deals when I was out in the safari doing volunteering in Africa, being able to be resourceful that way. And I got really good at it. 
Now my process is, within the last couple of years, is how do I still be responsive to my clients, to my work colleagues, but not have to be the one always answering the calls? And so now I've got an amazing assistant. I have other people that I employ to help push the energy of my business without me having to physically respond. And so that's been part of my process is how do I kind of offload a little of that? And, you know, just to kind of get back to what we were saying, it took a little bit, you know, it, it took a little bit for me to, to, to get back in that, but you're going to have to, there's going to usually have to be a little bit of sacrifice in order for you to get the fulfillment of what your ideal lifestyle is. And the bigger I think that picture is, there's going to be a little bit more uh, sacrificing in the beginning, but always making sure that there's that kind of compelling vision to make sure that it keeps you going through those roadblocks and those speed bumps in which you're eventually going to run into. How do you keep motivated and how do you keep going and how do you keep that momentum in order for you to kind of get to where you want to get to? I think there's a couple different really key points here, and it's the commonality that I'm observing as you were talking. I'm looking at it the same way. I mean, I took off last Tuesday because I just felt like taking a Tuesday off to do to go have a beach day with some buddies down in Laguna. Laguna. And this week, I'm taking off Wednesday through Sunday to go to uh, you know how to buy and sell companies workshop in Austin. And it's funny as I think back. I think last year I, I'm not at the level that you're of like three four months, but I think I took six or eight weeks off last year. And um, I look at where life is like now. And I look back to, you know, where I was before and I think it does start, I think the biggest distinction is it takes time and I think I had unrealistic expectations of it and I think I, I would just jump in the past and I would start something and I'd have like a month savings and I'd have all this pressure to do it and I wouldn't be able to do it and then I'd go back to these jobs that I wasn't, wasn't fully fulfilled at. So one of the key distinctions I learned to getting here was one of savings. So really having, being able to put a savings in place to get six, I, I mean, I had a year before I, I made this last jump, um, which has allowed me to live. If the months are tough, or if I need to fund something, or I want to take off, you can. It gives you that time and that flexibility to build something, so you still have the pressure to build it, and you're still working hard. But it's a different. I found it's a different type of pressure. It's the pressure to do it, but it's also the safety net of like, okay, I, I'm committed to this, and I can see this true to fully building it um, to sustain. Um, and there's different ways to do it. Everybody's different. I know some people that just jump and they make it happen. For me, I found every time I would jump, I would run out, I would get in hard and I would run out of my reserves pretty quickly. And then when I would run out of my reserves, I would find myself going back to get a job cause I needed to live. So yeah. for me, one of the core distinctions is just like you said, we got to get clarity on the vision we want. How do we want life to look? And a lot of times it's from seeing people who are doing it. I had a couple buddies that would take off every Thursday, Friday and go skiing and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, I'd see you. You've inspired me a lot of taking off and working in different countries for two, three months at a time. And you start to see different friends doing it and asking them, well, how are you doing this? Uh, Modeling their behavior and starting to see a lot of those same patterns. So I think getting clear on what life, what you want it to look like, I think secondly is getting a little taste um, and I think dipping your toe in the water is helpful because – you know, uh, you may not always know if you like to travel, you may think, Oh my, you may have this vision in your mind, like travel is amazing. And then I know for me, I took a six week, six week backpacking trip with no plan. It was amazing. And for me, four weeks in, I was kind of like, you know, I was solo, uh, which may have something to do with it, but I was kind of ready to get back to work. 
and come back in the States and have some normalcy. So I, I was there six weeks, but I learned for me, I think either having somebody to do it with or, um, or shorter, shorter trips that were a month or below is kind of the right mix for me. And then to come back as I'm finding the right fulfillment. So I like to do a lot of smaller trips or at the most, maybe a month. And I, so I think it's like dipping your toe in, figuring out what works, getting a little taste of it, having a savings plan, and then figuring out how you can create something or work for somebody or do something. To me, entrepreneurs the most makes the most sense because you create your own plan, but it's the most pressure. Um, and I've seen a lot of people do it in other ways. So, you know, how do you create a plan where you can start living it? And then I think as you start to live it, it gets addicting because then you're like, oh, wow, like I can do this and I can do this. Um, but there's different type of pressures. And uh, so I really like what you said, the sacrifice. Sometimes you're sacrificing working weekends when other people are, I know even now, like I worked all weekend this weekend because it was like, oh, I, I got to get stuff done. Um, so I feel like getting clear with what you want, getting a savings plan so you have a little bit of a buffer, dipping your toe in the water a little bit to see if those are things that you want to create more of and have more fun with, um, and then starting to work towards it and building a support network. I think those are all really good you know, kind of places to help get you there. Yeah. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's, it's about two things. It's getting clarity on what it is that you really want and how do you create the resources in order to make that happen. The people, places, things in order to support that. You know, the clarity is a really big one. I love that example that you gave. We just actually had a friend, that a mutual friend that traveled around the world. They were on a sabbatical, quit their job, decided to take one month off. Oh, I'm sorry, one year off. And, you know, this person traveled for a whole year. India, Greece, Europe. I'm not sure all the countries. But when they got back, they had a great time, but there was a big revelation. You know, what they said was, this is stuff I loved to do before. When I was younger, I traveled all around, going to hostels, meeting people. But in my early 40s, I also realized... I don't quite enjoy I don't quite enjoy traveling by myself internationally that much. It wasn't as enjoyable for me. And there was moments of, wow, this is really great and I like this, but I either would like to do something just a little bit more relaxed, you know, maybe a weekend at the lake by myself, or if I'm gonna do something bigger, I wanna do it with a partner. And I want to have shared experiences. And to me, that's more fulfilling. And so if you look at what their experience was, you think, well, okay, well, so was that a failure? And it wasn't, even though they didn't quite do what they intended to do or what they thought was the most fulfilling for them. What they do have is they have clarity now. Clarity is one of those easier said than done things. It's hard to move into a fulfilling life. It's hard to move into bringing in these items that are going to be very fulfilling to you if you don't exactly know what they want. And sometimes we think we know, but we don't know. And the only way to get that kind of clarification is to actually jump in the water or is to actually do it and then get the feedback later about what it is that we actually like to do. So it's like you said, it's getting the clarity. And then it's also getting the resources in order to help. And, you know, money is the is one of the bigger things. If you don't have enough money, it really hurts to be able to add a buffer or to allow you to do these other things. But money is just, you know, just a part of it, right? Time is also the other part. And having a supportive network to make sure that you stay on track to, to kind of keep continuing. Uh, 
you also mentioned about entrepreneurship, how that can be one of the easiest paths to really create that ideal lifestyle. When I look back about what it is that I wanted to wake up to every day, how do I want to live my life? Like what just feels really good to me? And taking four months off to travel with Michelle, you know, we're in our third month right now. We've been all through Asia and we've been buying one-way tickets everywhere. We've been on boats and sleeper trains and buses and I mean, you name it. We've been everywhere and it's been it literally has been an ideal honeymoon. Like I'm pinching myself about just how amazing it's been. We've had our ups and downs, but it really has been such an amazing trip. But if I really break it down and take myself, like you said, on my rocking chair, talking to my grandkids at 90, and I look back and I said, I've had such a great lifestyle. You know, little Susie goes, well, well how come it was a great lifestyle? And what I would say to them is, I woke up and I got to experience the things that I love to do on a daily, monthly, and yearly basis. And these trips are part of it, but just as fulfilling for me is the fact that I can take a Wednesday off and not feel guilty about it. The fact that I know that there's this internal freedom that I have in order to do the stuff that I want to do, right? That if I want to take a Friday off, I can. And the fact that I can work when I need to work and when I want to work. I think that on a on a daily level feels so good. Like I'm, I'm literally just getting goosebumps thinking about just how blessed I am to have that into my life that, you know, there are times when I'm in a project and I have to do work and I'm getting so into it that I'm literally working till two in the morning and then I have to work all day and all night. But I also know the way that I work, I don't work on a, the way my natural rhythm and flow is, I don't work on a, on a schedule from eight to five. I work when the creativity and the, and the pull pushes me. So sometimes I'll work for a few hours and then I'll go out and I'll go do yoga or go for a run or like I'm a big nap person. I nap almost every single day and I get recharged for that, you know, whereas I couldn't do that at my last job. And actually that's almost a, a it was a sign of like cowardness, you know, that if you're not first one there, <laughs> you know, taking lunches and not being the last one to leave, there's a stigmatism against that. And that never felt right to me. And it does for some people. But for me, it's if I can work when inspiration calls, if I can work when my body is in alignment with it, that to be able to take off three hours in the middle of the day, and, but then work in the evening or work whenever I'm feeling called, to me, that's the ultimate freedom. That's the ultimate like gift to be able to just ebb and flow as my soul pulls me. Now, obviously, I have deadlines and there's other circumstances which I have to kind of like grit through and, and, and push through it. But the fact that I know that I can work when I need to work just feels really good. And so I don't feel guilt when I have to work seven hours on a Sunday or I have to work late into the night or I have to work up at two in the morning, which being on this trip and the, I think it's a 14-hour difference that we have, we're 14 hours ahead, that... I have to work really late at night sometimes when I have a lot of things going. I've done coaching calls definitely well into midnight and uh, you know early, early in the morning. 
but that feels really good to me and that feels really free. So, you know, figure out what that is for you. And it doesn't have to be these grand things, but just on a daily lifestyle, if you love to play golf and you're like, if I could just hit some driving balls, you know, just go out to the driver for 45 minutes in the middle of the day, it would shift everything. I would have more energy the rest of the day because I would just feel more free. Then how do we create that lifestyle? Like how do we start to create those little movements to something bigger? And it, they're always baby steps. And how do we start to create little wins? And as you mentioned before in entrepreneurship, yes, that may be a very obvious way to create that lifestyle, but that's just one way. And the one thing that I get a lot is, well, I work in the nine to five and that all sounds well and good, but I couldn't do that. I don't have that type of setup in my environment. And what I say to that is, no, you may not be able to take four months off, but the one thing that I will say, and I am, I have had confirmation after confirmation after confirmation about this is we can bring in so much more into our life than we actually realize. And it all stems from the very simple task of asking. It's confidently, lovingly, passionately asking. And a really great example of this is Michelle was working in IT sales. This is about two years ago. And we decided we want to go to Maui. And she had on like a month off of work. And I'm sorry, like a, a week or two off of work because we had taken other vacation and we had gone to Burning Man and, and camping and a few other things. So she didn't have that much vacation left out of her three weeks. And we wanted to take a month off. And we just got really confident. And she's like, I'm just going to ask for it off. I'm going to see if I can work maybe a week out of it and take three weeks off or work two weeks and you know get two weeks off as, as vacation. And she even mentioned it to a couple of coworkers and they're just like, oh no, that'll never happen because it never has happened in the company. So their frame of reference was, oh no, it hasn't happened. It won't happen. And she just asked, but she asked in a way that was confident. She asked in a way that says, look, I will still provide value. I can still work. I'll still be responsive and you know, I'll still make sure that um, I'm on top of things, but here's why I want to do it. And, you know, it it took a couple back and forth, but we spent almost five weeks in Maui. The fact that she was actually able to do it and all of her coworkers gave her the feedback of, I cannot believe that you actually do it. And she's like, you know, all you have to do sometimes is really ask and show your case and the worst that they can can say is no. But what it just tells me is sometimes all we have to do is ask. Right. If what would be meaningful to you is to maybe just have a half day on a Friday or just to take Wednesday off so you didn't have to drive in doing a two hour commute every day. And just that alone would just kind of release a lot of anxiety. Like if you could work from home Tuesday, Thursday and only had to make a commute Monday, Wednesday, Friday, how would that affect your lifestyle? So there's little things, there's little wins, there's little ways that we can start to build this in. You don't have to leave. I have a lot of friends that are in corporate and they love their job. I mean, just love their jobs. One of my buddy is the head of, they build robots that do surgeries for humans and he's the head of the this whole team and he works a lot, but he loves what he does and he is so good at what he does and what he does just really helps the world. And he shouldn't be in entrepreneurship. He should be doing exactly what he's doing, facilitating this team that's helping people 
and health. But how does he integrate maybe more things into his lifestyle that you know allows him to do more of the things that is aligned with his heart? So, you know, getting back to crafting your ideal lifestyle, it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It doesn't have to be these radical leaps. But how do we start to integrate a lifestyle that is very fulfilling to you as an individual? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting. I was just talking to somebody that's in a big four uh, accounting firm, and uh, which is very. Uh, a lot of times they're they're very high level dressed, right? Everybody's showing up in suits and um, just the environment that they're in. And uh, she was telling me like, you know what? It felt really good. I started wearing tennis shoes, <laughs> you know, and it's, it could be, it could be, I love the, the example of starting where you're at and whatever you're doing. She ultimately has a dream of where she wants to go and she's building a plan to get there. But she's like, you know, I'm going to build a two year plan. I'm going to save and I'm doing it. But meanwhile, um, I like to wear tennis shoes. I feel really good yeah. when I wear shoes. It makes me feel more relaxed. I feel like I can focus more. I'm not focusing on being uncomfortable. I'm focusing on being comfortable. And she just started wearing them. And she cleans them so they look nice. You know, it's just not like it looks clean so it still fits. But a lot of people give her a hard time and she's just doing them. And so far she hasn't had any problems. And her next step is going in to ask if, just like what you mentioned a minute ago, hey, can I work Fridays from home as long as my because they, they track a lot of things by utility. Um, you know, like, how are you utilizing your time? And she does the same thing. She drives an hour to work and an hour back. She's like, man, if I use those other two hours to do something fulfilling for myself once a week, could I be could I be more productive? Could I actually use more utilization time um, and hit the metrics of the company? So I think, I loved your point. It, it, everybody's got a different thing that works. It's finding what your flow is. Uh, I think for me, something you were saying earlier that I wanted to comment on, that's been probably the the biggest game changer. I definitely love the vacations. I definitely, because I'm in a similar boat as you, where if I want to do something, I just go. Um, and I really like that. There's something that's fulfilling for me that feels like I'm on my schedule. And I'm doing, uh, so freeing to be like, if I want it, I do it and I block it. And I'm blocking my calendar kind of first. And then, the you know, now I've, as I've set up a business around it, I definitely make those are the priorities around it. Um, you know, whether specific times or workshops or retreats or whatever specifically going on. But, um, I think what you mentioned that I, and as you were saying, I just felt so such resonance was my day. I really feel fulfilled being able to create my day each day. And, uh, you know, for me, it's something really simple, like waking up when I want to wake up. Sometimes it's six, like lately it's been six or five thirty. Other times it's nine or 10 and I'm sleeping till one. I want to wake up and, and and then getting up and going either working for a couple hours first and because I'm really firing and then jumping on my bike and riding to the gym and getting a long workout in. And then so I, I like I really like what you said, because to me, that's brought me a lot of fulfillment. I remembered before I would do that. I remember feeling like I wasn't in flow with my natural rhythms, um, which were my work. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I could be so much more effective, yeah. uh, so much more efficient if I was in alignment and, and creating the environment to be in alignment, you start to kind of find your flow or sometimes when you're just not creative or you're not inspired or you're not productive, you can go play and you can go yeah. play, do something that, that feels fun and you kind of get a lot of fulfillment from it. And then you come back recharged and ready to motivate. Or if you're on a run, you just keep going you might burn three, four days and, yeah. uh, you know, and work until two or three and get up early or work till two or three, sleep in, get up. And then, st- so to me, that freedom feels really fulfilling. And maybe it starts there. You know, maybe it's something where you start really simple of how do I start being fulfilled where I'm at today and enjoying my lifestyle a little bit more. Um, and then as you're doing that, you're creating the ultimate vision and testing little things to see what feels good. 
and then finding ways to influence your current environment so that you can start living it now. Yeah. And you can start creating it now as you're building more towards that vision. And I like what you said. The vision changes, and I think it's something else to be mindful of. The vision you think you might want, and I totally related to what you said earlier. I'd, I dreamed of backpacking with a backpack for since I was like in college. And I remember thinking, oh, my story was once I make enough money, then I'll go backpacking. And so I was working, 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 <laughs> never saving, um, always burning. I was like swinging for the fence. And I, and, and, uh, you know, before I think I was 30, um, around there, 30, 32, when I finally went backpacking. And it, I think that was the difference. I think if I would have been in college when I first had that vision or right out of it, and I would have taken off on a backpacking trip, I think I would have wanted to stay backpacking. But yeah. I think what happened is I changed. And now at 30, 32, you know, it just, it was still fun, but it was different. And so, I think uh, that's a really good thing, too. If you're hearing yourself say, uh, the reason I bring up this story, if you're uh, picturing a story that you've been visioning and you haven't done it, what if it's not the vision anymore? Like, what if you've been visioning, yeah. I want to go do this, and I'm going to finally do this when I get to this, and then you finally go do it, and that's not the vision. The vision has changed. So it's like, if we're not doing it now, if we're not doing little, little at least little pieces, um, I find you don't really know, and you don't get to experience it. Right. And, and this is where the clarity comes in because just based on your example, you have been holding this on, this this kind of ideal lifestyle or this ideal item that you want to do was to go backpacking and you're holding it, holding it, holding it. This is where clarity comes in. What's fulfilling to you now in the moment who you are now? So it's like, cool, I'm 30. I finally have the time and the resources and the money to go do that. But now I'm holding <laughs> an ideal lifestyle of 22-year-old Josh, but now yeah. I'm 32-year-old Josh. And <laughs> yeah. you know, surprise, 32-year-old Josh, it's a little different. Now, sometimes that piece of your life is still the same, right? Like I love, I geek out on technology. I am a technology geek. I love gadgets and computers and I love that stuff. And whatever was fulfilling for me 10 or 20 years ago in the tech stuff, just as fulfilling to me now. I love that stuff, but travel and other things that shifts. And so a lot of times we hold on to what we think we'd love to do. Just like in the example of my friend who went traveling, that was, that was something that, that they had been holding on to 10 years ago, but they, but they kept pushing their head. And they're like, Oh, this is my ideal thing. This is what I'm wanting. This is what I'm wanting. But they weren't really clear if that was in alignment with who they are, you know, that, that I, that ideal trip was not in alignment with 32-year-old Josh. That was still 22-year-old Josh, right? <laughs> totally. And it, But I will tell you this. One of the things that I learned that was so powerful from it and that's really set me free, I love – it was the first time I'd ever gone for that long of a time where I made no plans. I literally had zero – I've always been so structured um, that it was – and I'd usually like research a place. I'd buy all the books. I'd, I was so like educated about it and – it was a practice of connecting with my heart. So my journey yeah. was, let me get out of my head and just follow the flow. And I literally made no plans. I showed up off a plane, had no plans, no place to stay, no place to go, nothing. And I literally just let kind of the wind take me and whatever felt good I did. And I will say, I learned from that experience. I, For me to be fulfillment, I'm so structured that I have to – I like scheduling. So it's funny. It is scheduling, but scheduling and time to be that free where yeah. I'm like, okay – Here's the plan, and there I go with the total flow, and 
I don't make any plans and and that's really I find fulfilling for me to to feel and to feel what feels good and to explore versus doing the research ahead of time. So it's again I think I feel like you don't you don't learn so again back to the conversation of what is your ideal lifestyle? I think it's a mixture of starting with the vision and starting with the clarity and then through experience you start to go, "Oh, this is the clarity I thought I had, but now that I'm experiencing it, it's actually kind of tweaked to here. And I think yeah. that's how you create the art. I think that is the art is mixing your vision of what you feel like or what you uh, imagine it to be like. And then as you start to explore and experience more and more, that vision continues to change. So I think it's a just like you're saying, the mixture of your vision of clarity in your mind's eye or your higher self's eye or whatever feels fun or sounds exciting combined with experience and continuing to evolve that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's about listening to your heart and then also getting in there and getting that feedback, getting that feedback with your heart, getting that feedback with your body, getting that feedback from the environment to say, is this in alignment with my heart? Does this feel good? And and sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect to what we think we want and to what we really want, and that comes from the head. Right, that comes from the mind, and sometimes we can conjure stories based on a whole magnitude of background stuff, whatever that happens to be, whether it's other people's pressures about us or what we think we want or whatever it happens to be. But getting still, I think sometimes just being a little bit more of in a calmer space allows those kind of insights to come in. But I think all in all, a lot of times we really don't know until we actually jump in the water. And so this really brings us into a great segue on the second part of this podcast about defining your ideal lifestyle, in which we specifically talk about how do we craft and define our defining lifestyle with our partner. us at masteringfulfillment.com for other podcasts such as these or if you're looking to take your personal fulfillment to another level feel free to get in contact with either myself or joshua Warner.